This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Christina, I can't even be next to you right now because your hair looks so good and I feel like a peasant. (laughs) Shut up. You are out of control, but thank you. Oh my gosh, guys, I got extensions and I am so excited about it. They look so good. Wait, hold on. Do I look like a curvy Victoria's Secret model? Because that's what I feel like. Yes. I'm an angel just missing my wings. No, honestly, (laughs) it's so funny. I've talked about wanting hair extensions for a really long time, but I was um, really nervous about it for some reason. Like, who cares? And I got like a lot of flack on Instagram. Wait, what do people say? Well, I mean, not flack. Maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic, but people were like, this is a terrible (laughs) idea. You're about to have a baby. You're not even going to be able to comb your hair, let alone have extensions. And I was like, people started to make me feel bad about like wanting to feel good about myself with a baby. Interesting. It is. And I feel like there is like a lot of mom shaming and mom guilt out there. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm like, and and it really started to like sink in and like make me feel bad about myself. I'm like, one, like, should I not be caring about hair when I have a baby? Two, like, am I really going to have absolutely no life where I won't be able to brush my hair? Like, and I, all these like things started circulating. And I was like, no. I was like, I am still a human being. Yes, I'm having a child. Yes, things are about to get crazy and tough for me. But that doesn't mean that I can't feel fabulous and like be who I want to be and wear what I want to wear and get dressed. And like, who knows you guys, maybe in a couple I was going to say, you know what? You just got to do you and you'll learn and then share what you got to go through it. You got to like, you are the queen of that. You're like, don't listen to what everyone else says. Do you? And so, you know what? Maybe there'll be the best decision you've ever made. Maybe I'll get a text from you in December and be like, I ripped out my hair extensions (laughs) in the middle of the night. (laughs) Who knows? But yeah, I'm so happy I did it. But you're so right. Like, it's so funny how you like let people kind of get to you sometimes. I know. I love it. Was it really a lot of people or was it like me where I'm like, I got so much backlash and you're like, how much? I was like, I got one message. (laughs) It was more than one message because I had been talking about it for like four months. So (laughs) people are probably just like, okay, girl, make a decision, get them or move on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did it and it feels good. And I'm getting them tomorrow. Yeah. And Ray, I cannot believe you're getting them tomorrow. That is the funniest thing ever. Are you so excited? I'm so excited. I'm going to be like a freaking, I picture myself like a a goddess with a long, thick, luscious hair, just like walking down the street, a hair blowing in the wind. And music playing music with pl- every beat. <laughs> Beyonce in the background. That's my hopes for it. So hopefully I, it's not a hot mess. Literally every <laughs> single person on the street breaking their necks, turning your direction. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be me. I love that. We're just going to take a stroll together with our hair. I know. We really need to. We're going to have, little, we're gonna have Steve shoot. record it. Yes. I'm going to make him bring a fan too, Let's just in case the wind isn't working in our favor. <laughs> Steve will be like, oh my gosh, you guys got to be kidding me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. What else is going on? Give us the latest dating scoop. Saturday, I went on an afternoon coffee date mm-hmm. and he was super sweet, but I knew within the first two minutes he wasn't my type. Ooh, what um, was it about? Was it like looks or? It was, it was looks, huh? It's okay. No, 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 no. This sounds so me. Oh, guys. Okay, everyone, let's just preface this. We are all learning together. If I ever say anything, it's out of love, and it's just like your friends having a drink together. Within the first two minutes, I was like, this kid did theater in high school. And I did theater what? in high school. And so I was like, That's I know the male, the guy types who do theater. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. They're just like... Oh. It just wasn't my type. Really nice guy. He did ask me questions. This is positive. Okay, that's a pause. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I've done my hair. And it just felt like a waste. Because I was like, I did my hair. I look amazing. But then this guy who I, we matched on Bumble. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking on, we follow each other on Instagram. He did not unmatch me, thank God. Thank goodness. He is cute. In my, I think he's really cute. Okay. He texts me. And basically, a long story short, asked me to come over, which am I being uh, irresponsible? Probably. But I was like, I was been- this the first time he asked you to hang out? 
We tried to get together last week, but our schedules were like opposite. Okay. And so he was like, just come over. We'll watch the Dodgers game. Okay. I'm trying to fuck you. I think so. <laughs> what he was saying was like, was very, he was like, we could be bad. I can't even say it because I'm getting embarrassed. Anyway, there was a lot of innuendo. So I am like talking to my friend Hannah on the phone. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm, I want to go and be a little bit crazy. I was in a relationship for eight years. I've never had this, like that much craziness. So I'm like, whatever. I want to go. He's sexy. I've done my hair from the day before the night before. Yeah, it was the day. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, a couple hours later, you go, girl. But you know, my wa- my hair washing schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I you gotta get good Christina. use out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I am in my Uber, but because he's a fuckboy, boy, we don't have each other's phone number. This is strict. If they communicate to you over oh, Instagram only, oh he's a fuckboy. boy. Yeah, definitely. Whatever. I so I'm not getting no notifications because I don't have Instagram notifications on my phone. I'm literally five minutes away from his house in my Uber. And he's like, um, I'm so sorry. I have to cancel my church group is coming over for dinner. Wait a minute. His church group was going to his place for dinner? I, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Do they have dinner? Wait, I, Ray, I am. Okay, I don't. I'm, I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm so sorry. Excuse moi. Wait a minute. Do you think that he maybe like was messaging a bunch of different girls and then someone else came over? Yeah. And then he could forgot. Be. I think it could be a very likely situation. But you know what is the most? Humble? How do you just forget your church group is coming over for dinner? And if that's the case, if he knows you're on his way on your way, yeah. why wouldn't he just invite you over? Yeah. Something's fishy. Something's not adding up here for Whoa, sure. Oh, this is and like the ultimate fuck boy. Yeah, so you know how embarrassing it was to have to go to my Uber driver? Um, excuse me, sir. I'm going to need to update the address and turn around. He's like, oh, where are we going? I'm like, I'm going back home. <laughs> there is nothing more humbling than being five minutes away from a booty call and having to turn back home. $23 that Uber ride cost me. Ugh, $23. That's annoying. Well, you know what? Honestly, first of all, two things. One, I don't think that you're being bad or whatever for like wanting to have a booty call. I just think, I think the issue is when you're going into a booty call thinking that this is going to like be the man you're going to marry. You know what I mean? I think you just need to know what the expectations are and be okay with that. I think that's like where women like kind of mess up. Right. Thinking like, Oh, maybe this guy, maybe this will come to something if I spend time with him or what? No, I have no, you this just need to be okay with the booty call. Exactly. Totally. However, this guy's a dick. <laughs> and you probably shouldn't give him another opportunity. <laughs> That's my opinion. I'm not saying anything. I, I honestly <laughs> wish we just had Steve's input on all of these conversations too, because I feel like I could hear what he's saying. Right now. What do you think he would say? He he's probably like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. But the thing is, like, if he like I I'm not I, you know what? It'd be weird if he was like, I'm just confused about him having to cook dinner at his place for people. I don't know if it was at his place. You know, he said a a church group dinner. I don't know if he oh, said his place. Okay. Maybe yeah, I read details into that. make a difference. Okay. The Met let's look, let's look. I do Sunday dinner every other week with a church group and thought they canceled, but they didn't. Okay, that is not as bad. Oh, that's not as bad? I don't think so, because that maybe that means he, like, he still had to go to his, like, church dinner. But that doesn't mean, like, they're coming over to his place and he has to prepare, and then he was lying. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Whatever. Hopefully it's socially distanced and 10 people Honestly, or less. can you just meet him, maybe, and make out with him anyways? Now I need Honestly, to know more. <laughs> can I just have a good... Like, he's tall. He's freaking... So, oh, okay. You know what? Sometimes you gotta get it. But... You know who's not a fuckboy? Our guest today. He (laughs) is the nicest man. And he is the type of man that all of every woman wants to marry and be in a relationship because he will not do what this guy did to me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. You guys, we have Kelvin Davis on the podcast today. And he is he's like. He the probably has the most contagious smile on Instagram. You go to his page and he just like exudes happiness and confidence and positivity. Yes. And he is just such a nice guy. He Ray and I were having quite the day today and he like turned our day around. He's a model, a blogger, an activist, an author. 
Um, yeah, he's the author of the book Notoriously Dapper, How to Be a Modern Gentleman with Manners, Style, and Body Confidence. And he's truly just doing, I think, incredible things in this female dominated space and it's really interesting this conversation with him hearing the male perspective on all of these things christina and i talk about all the time and i kind of get tunnel vision and just think it's women only having these conversations and he's really being a voice and advocate for men in this space which is incredible so we are very excited to talk to him today absolutely and honestly our conversation is um is really a good lesson and insight into like the men's psyche from a different perspective that you probably haven't heard before. And I hope you guys love this episode. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Kelvin, welcome to the Confident Collective Podcast. We are so excited to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing great. And how are y'all? We are so good. We're good. We're thriving. You know, it's been a little up and down day, but we are good because we're talking to you now. We're so happy. <laughs> and it's <Thank> fun. You. <laughs> it, it's fun to talk to someone else who's in the fashion world. Just so you know that we're in LA and it like hit maybe 70 degrees this week. So we are celebrating oh, wow. fall fashion. We yeah, are feeling like sure. we can wear a sweater. It's things are happening over here. We're excited. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but you're I in Charles. Where do you I live? I live again? in South Carolina, Columbia. Okay. So it's like about an hour and an hour away from Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we haven't had seventy degrees yet. I'm waiting on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's You're like, like eighty-five to like ninety. Okay, so you know our struggles then. Yes, it's terrible. Well, don't worry. You're in I'm good like company. I'm ready for boots. I'm ready for sweaters. I'm ready for jackets. You know. I wish our audience could see you right now. I'm going to describe to you. Kelvin looks so cool. He has got, okay. Yep. He is working it. <laughs> Look at the coolest button up and his hat. Tell me this hat. Where is this from? Yeah. Because I think so I need it as well. Named, uh, Travis Austin. He's like a custom hat maker out of Nashville, Ooh. Tennessee. And he like makes hats based off of like things that you like. So there's like my birth date right here says 91087. What? And then I'm like a world guy. So, and then I love dinosaurs, of course, right here. Oh, and then the bottom, okay. I'm like, love stars. So he put like stars at the bottom of it. And my favorite butterflies. So he drew some butterflies on there for me. You guys, oh we tell him, you're going to have to send us like a good photo of this hat because we'll have to put it in our Facebook group. So of course. everyone can see it because it is definitely the dopest hat i have ever seen mm-hmm. i'm digging it thank you yes it's <laughs> so speaking of your impeccable fashion sense you are in the fashion world you're a model blogger activist author but it's a, a very female dominated industry especially in the blogging world what made you want to get into into this career for sure so uh around 2013 I had just uh, got my first job as like a public art teacher um, and I was like shopping for new clothes because I'm like very fashionable, but I wanted to be professional, you know, so I like got some cool, colorful clothes and um, I went to a store that I will read, not say their name because they're a very prominent store, but uh, and uh, it was my first time as an adult being like body shamed as a guy. I remember I, I saw like this red blazer and I wanted it and I asked the lady for a larger size and she was like, that's the largest size we carry, which was like a 42 regular. And I was like, you don't have like a 42 or I mean like a 46, maybe like a 48. She was like, no, I was like, okay. And um, I kind of was like, well, can you check like another store? Maybe see if you have it online. And she was like, well, maybe you're just too big to shop here. You know, like there's big and tall stores. I was like, Oh, and I just remember like people looking at me and I was with like one of my friends and I was like, felt really self-conscious about my body. Like I just felt like I wasn't welcome there. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember like going home and going on Facebook and trying to type a status about it. And I remember deleting the whole status because I I remember feeling like a lot of my guy friends wouldn't understand and they would say things like man up or go to the gym or do this and do all that. And the only people that really understood was the female 
community because I mean, my mom has been body shamed, my wife has been body shamed, you know. Um, my daughters hopefully one day won't get body shamed, but you know, it's inevitable, you know. Um, but it was like one of those things where I was like, guys need a space to talk about positive body image. And I just was like, I've always really been in the fashion. I've always wanted to start a blog. Maybe I should just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just went to bed and then I was like laying in the bed and I went to godaddy.com and I was like typing in random names and I came up with uh Dapperly stylish was one. I was like, that was terrible. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Dapperly like, stylish doesn't make any sense. It's like terrible, you know. And then I came up with one like simply st- stylish, and I was like, no. And then I woke up, my wife. I was like, what do you think about notoriously stylish? She was like, nah. I was like, really? You're like, I thought she that was, was like, the one. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, th- I thought that was the one. And she was like, what about Notoriously Dapper? I was like, oh. That's it. Light bulb. I was like, that's it. So I, I bought the domain name for like 99 cents and the rest was history. Yeah. Honestly, I love that story so much because you took what was a negative, right? And something that would like really impact a lot of people and turn it into, into you turn it into such a positive situation and into like, a pivotal moment in a career change for you. That's really, really impressive and empowering. Cause I, I mean, I've been that person in that yeah. fitting room in that store. I think, right. You probably have, mm-hmm. I think all of our listeners have, and it, it is such a defeating feeling. So all the more power to you to take that and be like, no, I'm going to do something about it. And you did. Yeah. And I think what's um, so interesting is that, this story like that you've shared, I feel like every woman has a story like this, but we don't sure. hear men talking about it. What do you think it is that maybe keeps guys from talking about it? Like you said, you went to share, you went to type it out and then you were like, Ugh, people are going to tell me to man up. Like, what was it that clicked where you were like, I have to say it, or why don't you think more people are speaking out about it? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with this societal narrative of, masculinity right it's like this whole societal standard of like you're supposed to be a man you're supposed to be tough you're not supposed to have any emotions you're not supposed to like be emotional especially about things when it comes to like body image or how you look right like you're not supposed to care you know um and i think that's like the number one thing that a lot of guys struggle with because they're like you know if i say something then i'm going to look like i'm soft i'm not going to look like a man i'm not going to feel like you know a guy when in actuality, like, I mean, I was blessed enough to have a father to tell me that, you know, one of the most manliest things that you can do is, is express how you feel. And he used to always tell me like cowards fight with their fists because they don't know how to express themselves verbally. And, you know, he always like would try to like teach me how to express myself verbally to like men, women, anybody to tell them how I feel rather than um, lashing out irrationally if that makes sense you know yeah absolutely what was it like for you growing up did you have I know you just mentioned your father and you mentioned your mother before did you have a a good positive body image growing up and how was that reflected Um, in your family I had very good body image um like represented in my family because my mother is a plus size woman um and all like like my aunts and everybody are like plus size, you know, and it never like was a thing to me to like, you know, that like, oh, they're bigger. Like it, it like never, it never really dawned on me that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Until I like really got to like middle school, which was the first time I was ever body shamed. Um, I used to shop in the Husky section. Are you guys familiar with that? Like back in the day where uh, Wait, yeah, what? yeah, boys have the Husky section. Oh, yeah. So like shop in the Husky yeah, section. So, like, okay. You were like, yeah, so like if you were like a, a tween or like a 10 or 11 year old, mm-hmm. but you kind of had like a bigger body, they called it like the Husky section. It was like a very unfashionable, mm-hmm. lame section. But my mother had a very positive way of like making me feel like good about it. She used to make it feel like it was like this exclusive club that only like certain certain people could like shop in so i would feel like confident whenever i would shop there she'd be like wow. we're going to the husky section i'd be like oh shit yeah we're going to the husky section. yeah you know i love and, like, her. We would go there. 
<laughs> and get clothes and stuff. And I remember getting these pair of jeans and it was my first pair of jeans that honestly fit me in the waist and fit me lengthwise. Cause I was shorter, like at the time. And I was like, they actually fit me like lengthwise. And my mom was like, yeah, they, they, they look good on you. I was like, yeah. And I wore them to school and this girl that I had a crush on told me she liked them. And I was like, you do? I was like, look, I got this from the Husky section. She was like, the fat boys section. I was like, what? She was like, Husky is just like a nice way of saying fat. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> I can like and see your like, childhood spirit right now being crushed. crushed by that girl's words. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That kind of like hurt my self-esteem a little, a little bit. And my mom and my dad always had like a way of like making me feel positive about everything in life, you know? Oh. So, yeah. I mean, you sound like you have some amazing parents, which just makes me so happy. Yeah, I'm like, you. your parents sound amazing. I want to meet them. Wow. Um, but from that yeah. moment where like that girl kind of body shamed you in a certain way, um, was it kind of just a m- matter of fact thing? I'm like, oh, I guess like I'm a little bit of a chubbier kid. Or did you let it affect you in like other aspects of your life, whether it was like dating or like just like hanging out with friends? Like I know for me, like whenever... Yeah. something that's so pivotal that I think about is like how scared I was to go to like pool parties and stuff like that and not want to be like the chubby girl at the pool party or like denying beach days. Like, did you ever have moments like that? Yeah. I like, I didn't even take off my shirt at a pool or like at a beach until I was 20, maybe. Oh, wow. I think I was 20 the first time I did it. Yeah. Um, all throughout like high school, middle school, whatever, like parties or anything, I would never like, I mean, if I showed up to a pool party, I would just be like, I can't swim. After like, after that, it like really hindered my confidence and like, and both of my parents saw like a significance in my change in behavior, I would say, because I became a lot more angry, um, a lot more, um, I guess unreasonable. And it was like kind of like more of like a dark time after that. Um, and my parents ended up actually taking me out of public school and putting me into private school for sixth grade. Cause I was having so many um, discipline issues. And I think, I mean, a lot of it came from that moment, you know, cause I felt like when she shamed me, like a lot of the people around me, like they laughed at me a lot. And I feel like a lot of people saw me differently. Like, like they they didn't see me as like the cool kid like that could draw and that like could dress cool and that could hold a cool conversation. They didn't really see me as that in, anymore. They kind of saw me as like the the, the fat kid, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think Christine and I had did an episode a couple weeks ago where we talked about our experience with body image and confidence in high school, and it's so interesting to hear a male's perspective on it because. Um, we kind of opened up about like, I used to forget my swimsuit when I would go to the pool parties. You were like, I can't swim. I was like, oh, oops, I forgot my <laughs> swimsuit again. Sorry. Um, and how, how much that affected um, how we felt about ourselves and for you with, you know, the discipline that was probably coming from an area of, of being self-conscious. But as you got older, were there ways that helped find your confidence? Because, you know, looking at you now, you are just an amazing, yeah. confident, happy, contagious person. Um, so were there instances or things that happened in your life that helped to find your confidence? Yes. And I remember it till this day. Uh, it was the ninth grade. And I remember my mother went to Myrtle Beach for like a um, work conference and she went to the um, Ralph Lauren polo outlet. And uh, this was like around the time where Ralph Lauren and I think one other company were just now starting to make men's clothing in like pink, like pink shirts, pink socks. Like it was like the first time like people were actually doing it, you know? And my mom got me this like bright pink fuchsia polo. Cause she knew I loved color. So she brought it home and I was re re remember looking at it. Like nobody at my school would ever wear this shirt. Like no guy would ever wear this shirt. I'm wearing this shirt tomorrow. So yeah. I like, got on the bus. Everyone was like, Oh my God, yo, where'd you get that shirt? Like, like people were like freaking out. Like, I mean, it made me feel so great, you know, but then you obviously have like your haters that would be like, Oh, that's like, that's like a female color or you're gay or this and that. Like why are you wearing a girl's color? Like you also obviously had haters that like 
really gave me a lot of confidence, not only in what I can wear, but just the fact that like me wearing the color pink could like change the dynamic of, of how people saw me, you know, and think, and I think it was about four months after that, one of like the star basketball players, like wore like these pink socks and people were like, Oh my God. And then it just started like going like, and then before you know it, like a lot of guys at my high school were wearing pink, you know? And I take full credit. (laughs) As you should. I love it. Yes, you definitely should. I love that story so much. I mean, because not not only did you find a sense of confidence in fashion and in yourself and like just owning what you wanted to wear, but you were obviously quite the trendsetter in the ninth grade. So all the more power to you. (laughs) And honestly, you probably gave other people the confidence to also feel comfortable wearing something that maybe they thought was like a little bit more of a feminine color too. Yeah, for sure. Do you think as you are like talking about fashion and body positivity and things like that, are men open to having these conversations? Do you get like what I'm just curious to think because I honestly am guilty of thinking like guys don't have those conversations amongst themselves. Like what? Tell me a little bit about that. I'm very interested. Yeah. So really, I mean, amongst guys, I've never personally had a conversation other than other like uh, big and tall guys that are in the industry. Mm-hmm. But like as far as my friends go, I've never had a conversation really about body image with them. I feel like a lot of guys, they just don't talk about it. I do have a friend that struggles with body image, but he struggles with body image on the other end. He's like very, very, very thin. And he's always been very, very thin. We actually were room, roommates my sophomore, junior, and senior year of college. He uh, He's probably about like 5'8", weighs maybe like 130 pounds maybe. And his whole issue was like he would overeat. He would overwork out to like the point where he would like vomit and stuff. Like he would. Wow. And I just remember in like college thinking like, why does he want to be big? Like is being big ain't really that it ain't really that great. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be like him. Like, I want to be thin, you know? So we kind of have like this inner struggles of like, I wanted to be like thin, but he wanted to be big. And he, and like, and he used to always compliment me like, like, like um on my, on my back, on my like arms and stuff. Be like, dude, like, how do you get your arms and back so big? I'd be like, I don't know, like, but it's not that great because I can't even find like blazers and shirts that really like fit over me that like fit well. You know, and um, and his struggle was completely different. So it's like I feel like you do have guys that have like the opposite struggles of another person, and I feel like a lot of guys do need to, you know, kind of be like a safe haven for other men because it will stop this whole version of toxic masculinity, and you know, you will have like a lot of guys, um, you know, stop committing senseless crimes and all these other things. Cause I mean, I really think there's like a core, core, a correlation in between toxic masculinity, emotional stuff and like, you know, crime for men, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like, I mean, when you think about a lot of people, I mean, the people that, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, uh, like, or active shooters or any of that sort, like they're always men, mm-hmm. right? They're always like men, and they always have like a troubled past and they, you know, usually, you know, they find out that they never had anybody to talk to. They never had anybody to confide in. And it could really help make the world like a complete better pace. I mean, it can make better fathers, better husbands, better boyfriends, you know, better brothers, better sons. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting hearing you say this. And I, I it's funny because we talk about this so much together, right? And with our communities about body image and feeling comfortable. And you sometimes like forget that men struggle with this sort of stuff too. And a, a lot of people don't know this, but I was a men's stylist for like eight years. And I used to like call myself. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I used to call myself a dressing room therapist. And I saw it so often. And I think the reason I was able to relate to men so well is because I had difficulty time finding clothes to wear but it wasn't just about being bigger or smaller there was guys who'd be like my muscles don't look good in this shirt or like oh gosh I can't wear like a size 29 pant that's like too small like and it's so interesting and 
even now, like I've been out of it for a while that sometimes I forget those insecurities that men face too. But you're so right. Like being open and talking about them like could help so much in so many different ways. Yeah. Do you feel like through your platform, when you share a lot about being body positive in the male space, do you feel like you're talking to men or are you talking to women? I feel like I'm speaking to both. Um, I have like a part of my following is like, it's like 45% men and 55% women. And I feel like a lot of the men that follow me, like they don't make themselves known. Like they don't ever like DM me. Like they don't ever, you know, contact me. Like, bro, you made me feel good. But I know I make them feel good. I know that I'm helping them, you know, be better. I do have like the occasional like random guy. Um, I had, um, I actually had like a high school student from Oakland DM me like last month and told me how much I like inspired him uh, to like wear certain things and, you know, to be more confident. And he was just like really enthusiastic about like starting, I guess, this new journey that he had planned for himself. Um, But I do feel like I'm talking to both, you know, I feel like I really feel like when I'm talking to women, I'm talking to that woman's like boyfriend or spouse or their brother or, you know, their son or whoever, what like whatever male counterpart is in their life and i feel like they kind of you know relay some of my messaging or relay some of my stuff to them in a way um i've gotten like messages like you know you've helped my husband do this and that or you've helped my son you've helped my brother but i've never i mean i I rarely ever get the guy Mm -hmm. that dms me you know what i mean it'll be like once every blue moon i'll get like a dude and i'll be like oh man wow like nice yeah. That's amazing. I think where where would you like to see this kind of going in your career? Would you like to see more men doing what you're doing? What conversations? I would just love to hear your thoughts on where you want to see this area that you're yeah. in end up. Yeah. I would like, you know, men all over um to be more confident, you know, to not worry so much about what the societal standard of masculinity is and really form their own um, version of masculinity and like what being a man to them is, you know, Um, I would like to see more of that. I would obviously like to see a lot more uh, stylish um, options for like bigger guys, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's like a lot of guys that are bigger than me that still struggle to find like clothing that are like, that's still stylish, you know, like, it's so it's like so so hard to find a stylist, you know, Oxford shirt in like a five X, like a four X, right? That's so, true. you know, I would really like for you know brands to start embracing that. You know, it'd be really more awesome if um, brands start showing more rep- representation um, as far as like men go. You know, like having the different body type type types of men, the different colors of men, the same way the women's industry does. Um, yeah. And then I th- honestly think like the men's world just needs like a male Lizzo. Like we just need like <laughs> one, right? Like That's we you. just need like a man. Hopefully, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so. You could be the male Lizzo. Seriously. Yeah. Do you, what brands do you think are doing a really good job being a little bit more inclusive? Stitch Fix does a very great job of offering like those size mm-hmm. sizes because um, you can like make a profile, right? And like you put in your sizing and their job is to like find the clothing to fit you. Target obviously does a great job. Target is like a tremendous source of like big and tall to like, uh, I would say like straight size. Is that like the right word to say? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think straight. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, Amazon fashion does a really good job. On, I really feel like that's really it right now like those are like the only what did you think bigger brands i can think of what did you think of the savage fenty show did you see it oh yes it was amazing yeah it was really good it was really awesome to see like some of my like uh my big and tall like guy friends like be in it i was and it was so cool because like you know you see them and like you hang out with with them and stuff and you know they're confidence but like seeing them in their underwear and like showing that confidence oh it was beautiful i was like man they look that's dope that's amazing so you actually knew some of the male models in the in the show 
Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. it was really yeah. cool to me to see. I mean, we obviously speak about it all the time, seeing our bodies represented by models in the industry. Um, but like I said, again, I just haven't heard those conversations with men. But after that show, I saw a lot of articles about it, men posting about it. Yeah. And it was really cool to see. Um and see that there was like a really good like twitter conversation of like all these guys that i saw it was like a twitter thread you Ooh, know that's amazing that's probably so yeah. empowering and definitely honestly i don't think anything i've really seen before except mm -hmm. steve he used to do like big and tall modeling and i'll like <laughs> yeah. look at some of his stuff and it's just like funny to see but i mean that the industry is taking so many strides in so many ways so that's so exciting for yeah. for you being in this space how do you have these conversations with your daughters and your wife? Like, is body positivity a topic in your household? For sure. Um, I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. And my nine-year-old is, like, super intelligent. It's, like, almost freaky how intelligent she is. I think our first conversation about body image happened when she was about five or six. And... Um, she like just would ask me like, you know, people come in like different shapes, 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 shapes and sizes. And that's okay. Like she would always say like, and that's okay. Like, and people come in different colors and that's okay. I was like, yeah, it is okay. And it was just like this thing where she just kept saying like these different things. And she was like, I mean, I'm black and I'm white and that's okay. I was like, yeah, it is okay. You know? And our first like real, I think in depth conversation came last year. Uh, and it was like a mixture between about race, um, about body image, about what it is to be like a black woman, you know. And, um, you know, she asked me questions like, you know, since I'm mixed, obviously I'm going to, you know, probably have to identify as like a black woman. I was like, you're probably right. Yes. And she was like, you know, um, like, how are people going to treat me when whenever I'm older? I was like, you know. I don't know, you know, hopefully, you know, we're living in a, a world where things change and hopefully, you know, you won't be treated, you know, a certain, certain way based off of your gender and your skin color or because of your body type or whatever. But if you do, you have to understand that it's not your fault, you know, and you have to understand that you can't help that you're tall, that you're a black woman or that, you know, um, you're gay or you're straight, like, you know, like you can't help who you are. All you have to be is be who you are and, you know, um, just really try to surround yourself with people that accept you for who you are, like me and your mother and your sister and your nanny and your papa, you know, like people like us that really will embrace you no matter how you look, you know, or what you do. How is it with your wife and how was it for you dating wise? Did you have like a kind of a, you know, you had kind of your own confidence journey and you had to find confidence in yourself, but how was it that reflect in your dating? And were you looking for women who had a certain type of body image or a certain type of confidence in themselves? For sure. I definitely always wanted to date somebody that was confident, like, like people that I knew, my mom, my aunts, you know, like people that were always like very confident in who they were. Um, Cause I feel like, you know, when you're confident in who you are, you don't have to rely so much on the other person to fulfill that confidence that you're lacking, if that makes sense, you know, cause that kind of will put a lot of pressure in, in a relationship where like the, your other partner will feel like they always have to continuously make you feel good about yourself. But if you feel good about yourself to a certain extent it like creates like a very good like um com companionship right because it's like 50 50 or what they say like 100 100 right mm -hmm. um so as far as like dating uh me and my wife started dating our senior year of college uh we actually met because she was a spanish major and i was doing really 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 bad in spanish <laughs> and my per professor was like you know there's like you know there's a uh this girl you know she like is really good at spanish and stuff and we ended up actually having mu mutual friends and uh she ended up like helping me in spanish she helped me pass obviously strong yes, yes. um <laughs> and uh i remember our first date actually was on national 
tequila day. Oh, it was our first date. Wait, what yeah. day is that? We I need to know that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me if she was, she was, she, uh, she goes like, so me and my friends are going out for national to tequila day. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> I want to come. Yeah, sure. But, so, you know, being the gentlemanly man that I am, you know, um, whenever there were like, uh, whenever there were like friends of mine that would get extremely intoxicated, you know, I would like walk them back to their dorm, you know, just to make sure that they, they were safe and stuff. And her friend was like super intoxicated. So I walked them all back to their dorm. And I remember us becoming Facebook friends. And then when, uh, when we met again our senior year, she was like, I don't know if you remember, but you like walked me and my friends home one night. Like we were Aww. all really, really drunk. That and is so sweet. So she like kind of was like, yeah, do you remember that day? I was like, I walked a lot of girls home <laughs> to their dorm. So I was like, yeah, I'm probably, yeah. And she was like, okay, awesome. And then um, I remember after we, after, we, after we started dating, we went to Chattanooga to go see her mom and dad. And uh, it was like in the summertime. And I... I had never worn shorts in the summer since, I mean, a long time, because I was always so subconscious about my legs, you know? Um, and I remember, like, wearing jeans. It was, like, almost, like, a 100 and something. And she was, like, wearing shorts. Her dad was wearing Everybody was wearing shorts. She was like, why are you wearing jeans? It's so hot. I was like, I don't know, because I just want to wear jeans. I don't know. I just feel like wearing jeans. And then we kind of had this open conversation later on in the day about how I felt uncomfortable in shorts. And she was like, why? I was like, I just don't feel comfortable in shorts. Like, I feel like my legs look bad. Like, you know, like, I just don't know. And I just don't feel like I need to wear shorts. And when we got back to Columbia, she actually found a brand called Chubby Shorts. She, like, found this brand. And then she got me a pair of shorts. Aww. And it was, like, a pair of, like, white shorts. Like, white, like, cotton shorts. And they were, like, kind of shorter. And I like wore them and she like kind of like boosted me. She like kind of gave me the confidence, like wear shorts. Like she was like, you look good in shorts. Like you should wear them more often, especially when it's hot. Like <laughs> you're like, don't be sweating your ass off in jeans. You don't need exactly. to. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I ended up like wearing shorts for like the first time. I think since I was like, and elementary school because I remember all throughout middle school all throughout high school I always wore pants wow I never wore was that yeah, some... college I always wore pants Calvin I have to say it's honestly so refreshing to hear someone say things that like we've been saying but from a male perspective because it's just so funny these insecurities that we place on ourselves when we're all thinking the same damn thing and yeah. we all need to get out of our freaking heads and realize that no one cares that much and like stop setting yourself back and stop putting limits on yourself. And I know I've done it. I know Ray, you do it. Obviously Kelvin, you did it and we all do it. So it's just, yeah. honestly hearing it from like a guy's perspective too is so, so fascinating and interesting and refreshing yeah, to be totally yeah. honest with you. Yeah. And I have to say this because obviously you're, how many months are you pregnant? Are you eight or nine? What? I'm eight months pregnant. You're eight months pregnant. Awesome. Awesome. So you're almost there. You're almost there. I right? know. It's <laughs> so like whenever my wife was pregnant with our first child, which was an unpregnant pregnancy, we actually got pregnant our uh, senior year of college about eight months after dating. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, you know, as like a young, you know, college student, you know, uh, that has, you know, a, no plan of like graduating and getting a job and going out in the world. Like you just want to party and live your life, right? And life hit us very, very fast where we knew like we had to graduate, we had to get jobs, we had to, you know, uh, rely on each other and whether, you know, or not our relationship worked or not, we had a child. Mm. We had to, we had to become better humans for this kid, right? So, and whenever she was pregnant, I remember, you know, even like, even her being the young college student, there were so many body insecurities that she had had about being pregnant, about all the stretch marks, about, you know, all the different type of ways she felt. And especially the post-pregnant pregnancy, right? Like the whole postpartum and, you know, it's, 
and it was a lot more and it was more rough on my wife because uh you know like we both were like struggling to find our career jobs we had just graduated we were very poor um you know and we didn't have much life experience mm-hmm. you know outside of college you know and we were here you know trying to raise his kid right yeah. so it almost felt like teen mom or like teen you know what i mean it felt in that way even though we weren't teens but it right. felt like we were teens um and you know having to be the person to you know um help motivate her and help her get over that hump of that postpartum and those struggles with like body image issues after like pregnancy, you know, is a lot. And I feel like I need to say this for, for like a lot of guys, if like any guys listen to this or if any, you know, if the women could tell their spouses or tell whoever, like a part of being like, you know, um, a baby's daddy or like if you're like the husband whatever you are you know like whether you're together or not you know mm-hmm. a part of you is a part of your job is to not only make the child and to help them and raise them but a part of your child is to always make the mother of your child feel good about themselves oh, right because whether you're together or not you still have a child and your child needs to see their mother as like a positive, confident, beautiful person. Wow. I'm going to have you know to like I mean? timestamp this and make and just replay over and over for Steve. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to be like, what's that audio recording? Like, it's your conscious. It'll just be Calvin being like, make Christina feel beautiful. Make her feel. But honestly, that gave me goosebumps hearing you say that because it's. I feel like so many women are in relationships where they're not made to feel that way. 1000%. We actually got some questions um, when Ray and I first started doing like this podcast with Q and a, and there was a question that still stands out to me from a woman being like, my boyfriend like makes me feel really bad about myself. What should I do? And we were like, dude, get the hell out of there. Like that is not good. So hearing you say that like women, you don't deserve this. And you're hearing it no. from us, but you're also, Kelvin is letting you know as well. Exactly. Because, I mean, can you imagine having a baby with somebody and they make you feel bad about yourself and you're like the mother of their child? Yeah, no, like, that's terrible. But even on, besides like, having a baby, just being in any relationship, exactly. your partner should always be there to help you and build you up and support you. And yeah, you don't have to like like each other all the time exactly. because you are going to fight and things happen. But to have yeah. that respect and love is just so important. It is. It is. And you're always going to make your partner feel great about themselves, no matter what, mm-hmm, you know, sure. like whether you're in a fight or you're in an argument, if they're feeling low, it's your job to like help build them up and make them feel more positive. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned kind of like um, what we put on, like being a man, what it means to be a man. I would love to hear what does it mean to you to be a man? Because I really think you're breaking barriers and making, creating a new narrative around this. So I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah. Um, to me, being a man, um, man, that's, I wouldn't have to use my dad as like the prime example because I, I like mirror a lot of the things that I do through through him and the way he raised me and watching him um, whenever I was younger. And I think like just being a man is truly being kind, right? It's like being kind without any ulterior motives. It's like being kind without unconditional kindness. Mm. Right. So he used to like, my dad is just like, he used to just do the kindest things for people and for my mom and for us. And I just, I just always held that on to my heart mm-hmm. always, you know, he was, he was always so kind and always so understanding, always so loving. And, but then he also had like his, you know, his dad side, his angry side, like and he was like a very much of a mixture of like both, you know, he was like a very strong, like hard ass, like, you know, cause like he's, a, um, he's, a he's, he's been a law, he's been a law enforcement for almost 35 years now. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know, very like, you know, I wouldn't say mil- military type because he wasn't in the military, but he's very like, you know, 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like being a a man is a the biggest thing is being kind, and the second thing is being understanding. And I have to say this because I wrote it in my book, and a lot of people like talk about it, but. The number one thing about being a man is that you can't be homophobic. Like you can't be hateful, right? You can't have hate for somebody because they have a different religion. They think differently than you. They move differently than you. They, they have a different lifestyle. You can't be hateful towards someone. That's not being a man. You don't like, you don't necessarily have to understand and you don't necessarily have to agree, but you can't be hateful, mm-hmm. right? And you can't teach that kind of hate and you can't like go off in the world exerting that kind of hate because somebody is different than you, you know? And I really just think that it all falls back to being kind. Like a true man is always kind to everyone, no matter their race, no matter what they look like, no matter where they come from, they always are kind and they try to do everything they can possible to make a person feel better or to help a person in need. I think, I think that's truly what a man is. And that's truly what my dad is. Like, that's truly what I like grew up seeing him do. I remember when I was, uh, I was in high school and my mom wanted to get a diet Coke and my dad had to go get gas anyway. Sorry. I'm getting a little choked up. I'm trying to, Oh no, my gosh. But uh, I remember he asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, you know, being like a teenage boy i was like yeah i guess i'll go like da da da. i really didn't want to 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 go but um i guess like a, a part of my inner spirit like told me to go with them and uh there was a guy there uh with two daughters and his car um he had ran out of gas and he was from a place called pillion which is probably about 45 minutes away from columbia and he was taking his daughters to the state fair which is in Columbia and he had ran out of gas and he had spent so much money at the fair. He didn't have any more money left to get any more gas. Right. So he's like, you know, going around asking strangers for like $2 here, $3 here. And he's like, you know, telling them, you know, I'm not homeless. Like I I have a job. I just don't have enough money on me at the moment. And he's like explaining what he's going through. My dad goes in to go get my mom, her soda. He comes out, he hears him going back and forth and, um, I'm like just in the car chilling, being like a teenage boy. I mean, my dad goes up to him and was like, hey, um, which one is your car? And he was like, it's this one. So my dad tells him to put it in neutral and they push it to a gas tank. And my dad fills up his gas tank and wow. says, have a good night. And it's just done. And I'm like, talk, I'm like, I'm like, did you know that guy? And my dad was like, no. And my dad told me that, you know, uh, his name and, and like, they had like this conversation as he, he was pumping his gas. He, he, he was telling me that, you know, he ran out of money because he spent so, so much money at the fair for his daughters and this and that. And my dad was like, I mean, $35 is no big deal to help this man get back to his house, you know, so he can get home safely. And I just remember being like, fuck like my dad is so fucking nice like (laughs) like he's so nice like i just remember being like damn like it would have never and like even like even in my teenage mind to even think about oh let me help help the guy out Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's like because my dad was so you know maturated and understanding of trials and tribulations that he saw somebody in need and decided to help them without any questions asked and without wanting anything in return. Like he didn't want anything. Like he didn't want to be, I mean, if social media was around them, like he didn't want to be posted on social media. He didn't want the guy to like tell everybody about it. He just wanted to do the deed and be done. Right. That no, that's such a beautiful story. And it's so interesting to hear when Ray asks, like, you know, what does like being a man mean to you? how you described it, because I feel like so many things would probably come to mind and none of what you said is superficial at all. Right. It has nothing to do with what someone looks like. It has nothing to do with like societal standards, uh, masculinity. It's just about being a good freaking person. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's something that we all need to remember when, whether it's 
when you're trying to define who you are and how you want to be remembered or whether it's like who what you're looking for in a partner you know what I mean yeah. all these other things can go out the window but if you're not like a good person if you don't care about other people like I mean what's the point exactly you know and it shows and it shows a lot about your character how you treat other people when no one is looking right mm-hmm. I used to tell that to my students all of the time I just thank you for this conversation. I think it's just a good reminder and kind of something a lot of people need to hear right now. It's honestly, it's just, we overcomplicate things and really it's just a good reminder to be kind, treat people with kindness. Mm-hmm. Don't jump to conclusions and, and lead with kindness and be a good person. And I thank you for sharing like all of your stories and you're just like, honestly, a, a positive, wonderful person to be around. Um, and I would love to know, is there anything exciting that you can share with us coming up down the pipeline um, that you're, you know, excited to share? Now's your time to kind of plug yeah. let us know <laughs> yourself up. Yeah. Um, so i'm do- um, i'm currently doing a year-long partnership with stitch fix which is awesome congratulations um, like that's one amazing of my favorite brands. yeah yeah they're like one of one of my favorite companies to work with because they're so inclusive and they're mm-hmm. so um you know on board with like the uh social inequality that's going on and about like donating to like uh, black entrepreneurs and all that stuff, which is like really dope to have people that accept my platform for the way that it is. Right. Cause right. obviously I'm very vocal about black rights, women's rights, all, you know, mm-hmm. all the rights, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with me obviously being a girl dad, you know, it's really important for me to work with people or to have people like not, not only in my life, but in this industry that agree with the things that I feel as far as when it comes to women's rights, um, you know, the uh, black rights and LGBTQ rights. Right. You know, yeah. so it's very important that anybody that wants to work with me, I make it very apparent. That's awesome. I make it very straightforward that if you do not support A, B and C, that you don't support me. We are not working together. <laughs> no, we're not working, you know, yeah. and. A lot of people in this industry, you know, a lot of them care a lot about money. And I understand money is money is a prominent thing that society puts on us, right? Like, like you have to make a certain amount of money or, you know, you're doing really well in life if you make a certain amount of money and money, 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 right? But in this, in this industry, of course, money is like important. Like you want to make a living doing what you love, but it's really important for you to not take coin over character. You know what I mean? Totally. Wow. That's saying, I love that little coin. Don't take coin over character. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Because I mean, if somebody offers you an abundance of money for an, for an Instagram post, an Instagram story, but then you like look at the page or like, you like look at their company values and you're like, Damn. yeah, you're like that doesn't really line up to what I'm doing. And you accept that based off of the coin you know, you're losing your all, you're losing your true authenticity mm-hmm. of what people look at you for. 1000%. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you, I saw this interview with like Matthew McConaughey. Anyway, he was offered this huge amount him. of money and it's like so tempting, but there is nothing like using your money as power and your voice and you clearly are doing that and you're doing such amazing things and like I said you're just it's always wonderful to talk to you and I leave your page on Instagram just feeling so positive and inspired um so please tell the people where can everyone find you uh they can find me on Instagram at Kelvin Davis Uh, my blog is notorcydapper.com and my book which is an Amazon bestseller an award-nominated yes. book, which I, you know, I lost to Oprah, and I really feel like it's not fair. <laughs> I really that is not fair. fair. No I way. Have to because whenever I got nominated for like the NAACP like Image Award for like the most outstanding literature of the year, I'm like looking at the nominees, and it was like me, Usher, Misty, Oakland, Oprah, and I'm like, there is, I'm like, why? What, wait, what? I'm, like, I'm sorry. To be in a category with those people is incredible and such a feat. Wow. Thank you. Congratulations. Oh, like, thank you. I have 
I have it here. So if anybody, I know they, I know they can't see it, but I just want to show you guys, you know, no, we're going to so, leave it in the show notes. We'll leave a link to Calvin's book in the show notes because, and his Instagram, because you guys need to check it out. And honestly, so many of you have maybe partners or something that you want advice on how to dress them, or maybe that you need to like, go onto their Instagram and just follow Kelvin on their behalf. So they just start seeing him on the feed and start yeah. getting this like good juju on their feed. This amazing male role model. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, you are yeah. such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kelvin, for chatting with us. Um, and honestly, just leaving our day off on such a positive and good vibe. Of course. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. We will stay in touch over the gram and hopefully chat very soon. Yes, of course. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at confidentcollective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.